welcome to this episode of Women to Women podcast series. Our guest today is Catherine Gray. Catherine is a producer, author, TEDx speaker, host of Invest in Her podcast, founder of She Angel Investors, and the co-founder of nonprofit She Angels Foundation. Catherine's passion is to utilize a multimedia platform to fund women so as to level the playing fields. She also champions entrepreneurs in the LGBTQ and BIPOC communities who are also immensely underfunded. Past, Ms. Gray has produced several award-winning films, including the very first documentary film about gay marriage called I Can Marry You, narrated by Ellen DeGeneres' mom, Betty, which aired on PBS in more than 60 cities nationwide. She also co-produced several documentary films for the Logo Network prior to She Angel Investors, Aka Bold Girls Media, she owned 360 Karma Productions. Hi, Catherine. Welcome to Woman to Woman. We're so excited to have you here with us today. Wonderful to be here on Woman to Woman. Love the title and happy to be here. You know, I'm super supportive of women supporting women. Yeah. And you have this cool background, Investing in Her. This is my podcast background. It's called Invest in Her. For our listeners, can you just tell them what you do today and maybe a little bit more about your podcast as well? Sure. So my company is called SheAngelInvestors.com and it's a multimedia platform to help connect women to funding resources. So by that, I mean, we have the Invest in Her podcast where I interview either women that fund other women, like as angel investors or venture capital funds, or I have on women that are looking for funding. And I'm always trying to connect the two. I also have an e-course called Six Ways to Fund Your Business. It's funding made simple for female founders. I found as I got into the investment world that a lot of women founders had great ideas, but they didn't know how to get the funding. And I thought once I'd learned all about these various ways to fund a business, I wanted to share that, but in lay terms, because often it's so difficult to comprehend or understand. And I wanted to take all of that brain energy out of it for people trying to, you know, figure out well, how do I get funded and which way is best for me? And are there more than one way I could be funded? And so that's when I came up with that course, which is on our uh, She Angel Investors site. And then I'm working on a new movie, a documentary about the underfunding of women in venture capital. As you know, Divya, we get less than 2% of venture capital funding. It's really so imbalanced. How are we going to correct that? And I talk about this on a daily basis. It's going to be in my film. It's also in my TED Talk, which is called Fund Women Save the World. And what that TED Talk is about and what my mission is about is how do we level that playing field? How do we accelerate the funding of women? And one of the ways, and it's so important, is that one, more women start their own funds, which is happening. And it's a very exciting time in history because the acceleration of women finding you know, their own funds is, is game-changing. And the other is that we need more women investing in those funds. So more women need to become angel investors because people tend to invest in people they identify with. So when it's all white men at the decision-making table in the investment world, that's who they're investing in. So more women need to be sitting at that table. And so you can probably tell I'm very passionate about this because a lot of women with game-changing ideas that will help save the planet won't get funded unless more women 
are involved in the investment world. So any woman that qualifies to invest in other women needs to step up to the table and invest, not only because it's the right thing to do, but because it can also be a very lucrative investment. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. And a lot of women are not familiar with that type of investing. And they can go to angel groups and educate themselves on how to get involved in that. That's such a niche area. And as you said, you know, there's a lot of education required because people have the funds, they just don't know how to invest or, you know, how to even go about it. So that's incredible, the things you're doing. I'm super excited about the movie. Can't wait to watch it once it's out. Thank you. Yes, we're busy filming that as we speak, and that'll be out by early next year. I do think it is film and television that helps change culture because we have to raise awareness Awareness is the first step. And once people are aware and then you educate them about how it can change, I think they come on board and they want to rally. You have such an incredible story, right? Like not only did you invest, you actually created this whole system for women to invest and you're connecting, making the right connections for them to gain the investments when they are entrepreneurs. So you yourself were in corporate America, then you got into entrepreneurship. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, um, I had a really successful career in cable television advertising, which I love. And I decided though, when I turned 40, that I had an opportunity to help start a gay cable network. And they wanted me to find advertisers for it. And I thought, yeah, let me take my success in cable TV advertising and use that skill set to help build this gay network. I did think it was so important that LGBTQ people had a presence on television, which they did not even in the 80s, believe it or not. And so I thought, wow, what a game changing legacy project that I could work on. And it would impact the lives of so many gay people to be able to see themselves on television in a positive light and that that would be a game changer. So when I left corporate America to do that, you know, people would say, oh, you're crazy. You know, you've got this great job. And I go, yeah, but I want to use my skill set to make a difference in the world. And I had never been so excited as to work on something like that, that I knew was going to help be a game changer. And that particular network, when I would call on different businesses and I'd say, hey, you know, I want you to advertise on this gay programming. They'd say, well, we don't have any gay programming dollars uh, in our budget, no TV dollars. And I said, well, of course you don't. There's never been any gay TV programming. So I'd say, you know, you have to take it from your print or from your regular TV ads. And many of them did that. And so that was my first foray into really realizing that what I wanted to do with the rest of my life was to work on projects that I knew were going to help really make a difference. And so that was the first one. And when I left there, I produced a documentary. The documentary was called, I Can't Marry You. And I went to a function and I met Ellen DeGeneres' mom, Betty, who, you know, was involved with HRC, the Human Rights Campaign. I said, hey, will you um, host this uh, documentary for me? And she's like, sure. Now, this was my very first documentary. So let's just say I was super lucky because it's always good to have, you know, a name person involved with your documentary project. And as I say, in my TED Talk, I didn't know that getting your film on television was like winning the lottery. So what I didn't know, I didn't know, and it probably served me well. So I made this documentary. I really felt it belonged on PBS. I knocked on their door in every city and they said no. And then all of a sudden, we could get married in San Francisco and Boston. Because of that, 
PBS now needed programming about same-sex marriage. So just lucky, right place, right time. But I knew in my gut and in my heart, I was meant to make that film. And of course, it did end up where I first imagined it, which was on PBS. So, so proud of that, because I do think it was one of many films and TV programs that helped raise awareness and educate people. Uh, And that is why we have same-sex marriage today. Uh, Of course, with the political climate, let's hope we keep that. But, you know, I was a recipient of that. I'm happily married and never dreamed really that it would happen in my lifetime, but it made me even a bigger believer in film and television change culture. So after that, I started doing a pitch fest for women. I felt a calling to really help women get funding because I realized how underfunded they were. And you can probably tell I've always been a champion for the underdog. And in this case, uh, it wasn't just gay women. I realized, you know, it's all women, uh, especially women of color and LGBTQ. And, you know, I wanted to raise awareness by doing another program. And I launched She Angels series, which captured my She Angels pitch fest, and then the journey of those women, the winners of that, to show how funding and support and having a village behind you really is what creates success uh, in entrepreneurship. And so that's on YouTube to this day. It's called She Angels series, and it follows the journeys of these women who talk about that they wouldn't even have launched the business if it hadn't been for super successful women investing and believing in them and mentoring them. Realizing how important that was, I wanted to continue on that path with the new film that I'm working on and with my podcast, Invest in Her, uh, to raise awareness about this underfunding. I, I was so fortunate to be thrown into this investment world. And as I started to learn more about it, wanted to know, you know, how I could really impact that change. And I do believe it's through film and television, thus the new film project. But you're so right. Like when you see something in mainstream TV or cinema, suddenly like the awareness factor just goes exponentially out. Otherwise you're just chipping it away year over year and nothing happens. Nobody realizes it. That's incredible. You not only realize the power of it, but you've been using it successfully again and again. So kudos to you. Thank you so much. I do believe film and television is a very powerful medium. You know, Hollywood's been a tough place for women to get women's stories made and distribute it. And so, yeah, I think when we get that out there and we pull back the curtain on what's going on in the investment world, not only just to educate people and raise awareness, but also to share how amazing and exciting the stories of these women are. The ones starting the films, uh, excuse me, starting the funds, the women that are investing in those funds, and the women that are the recipients of those funds. All incredible, incredible, inspiring stories. So I'm just curious. So clearly when you were in college or in high school, this would not have been a career option you looked at. This was not on the horizon. What did you train for? What was your college degree in? And how did like you find yourself being an investor? Like we kind of know half the story, but from your academic journey, how did that work out? Yeah. So I have a degree in broadcast journalism from the University of Florida, which is one of the top schools in that arena. 
I just knew I wanted to be in that niche. I didn't really know, of course, at that age and what capacity it could have been in news or whatever, but I just fell into cable TV advertising where I was making commercials for that and was in the sales and marketing of that. And that gave me a great training for what I was going to be doing in the future. I had a documentary filmmaker friend. I went and saw one of her films. This was in New York. And that's when I got the idea for my documentary. I said, you know, I've been shooting commercials. I I know about filmmaking. I saw this documentary film festival and had this idea about the same-sex marriage film. And I thought, you know, this could be a powerful medium to raise some awareness. And, you know, even my own gay friend said, you're crazy. Uh, Same-sex marriage is never going to happen. And I said, well, why not? And, And it should. And let's tell the stories of, you know, 20 couples who've been together anywhere from 10 to 50 years. How are they doing that without even having the rights and benefits and protections of marriage? And when I found out that marriage uh, had over 1000 rights and benefits and federal protections, I realized it certainly was not even a question about religion. It was a question about people in this country having the same rights uh, and benefits and protections of the federal government. And so uh, my own protégés in, in the gay world didn't even realize, I think, what benefits they were missing. And so the purpose of the film was to educate people, A, on what they were missing out on, and then B, educating the public on the, these loving relationships where they have kids and dogs and families just like anyone else and love each other just like anyone else that they should have these benefits. And I think, you know, because of that film and television, people in this country began to understand and accept that it didn't affect them adversely, but it did adversely affect these uh, loving gay couples that couldn't get married. And that I think it brought the compassion into, into the world. And, you know, that's what, that's really what I believe is important is that we bring compassion back into this world that people look at this investment world and say, you know, that's not right that women are 50% of the population or more and they get 2%. It's not right that people of color make up great majority of our country and are getting this paltry amount of funding that LGBTQ people fall in that same arena. Let's level the playing field and make it fair for everyone. I think the majority of people, if they knew about that, would want to champion that. And that's really the purpose of what I'm doing is to raise awareness because I think most people are good people and they want to see everybody have a fair shot. You mentioned, you know, you had naysayers along the way. It was hard to sell your film. You had own friend circles question your sanity for making a movie like that. Clearly, there was some driving, motivating factor that kept you going. You know, amongst all these naysayers and the whole scenario, what kept you going? Those values, principles, thinking that you were like, no, I need to do this. I'm a spiritual person and I just believe all of us are here for a purpose and that we get a download. And when I get a download, I just run with it because I feel like, okay, this is my purpose on the planet and I need to do this no matter what. So whenever I'm trying to raise money for the film or, you know, trying to champion something, getting people to invest in something I believe in, I just think uh, it's not about me. It's about my greater purpose. And that's why I have to do it because I feel driven to do it. And so I think that we don't always know our purpose when we're young, like you had 
brought up. Did I know I'd be doing this later in life? No, I've always liked filmmaking. I've always thought it was powerful. You know, being able to use it for the greater good is, is really, uh, my purpose. So that's what I want to do. I feel like I was so fortunate to have an opportunity to see inside this investment world and say, wow, all these women who are in this are really so smart and knowledgeable and they're all about the investing. But I'm looking at it from a filmmaker producer's perspective and seeing like, wow, this is an incredible story that needs to be told. And that's what I wanted to do with my knowledge of that investment world is to share it with uh, other people to bring more women into that fold. Investing is a very man's world. As you said, you know, like there are not a lot of women investors. It's a hard field to break in and you really need to be on the top of the game. So now when you got into this field, did you face any kind of perceptions that they had about women and how did you overcome those? Well, first of all, it's true. Women are very risk adverse. They're just brought up that way. And women will think nothing of donating to a charity, but for some reason they don't wanna invest in another woman. Now, the good thing is, is that the investment world has changed and uh, democratized in many ways over the last few years. Uh, one, thanks to Obama signing into law, that people could invest companies for the first time in history through things like equity crowdfunding and own shares in a company, even if they weren't an accredited investor. And accredited means, you know, you're, you're a wealthy person. You, you're earning over 200000 a year or you have over a million in assets. Not everybody falls in that category. So the cool thing is women can invest in other women in several different capacities. One of those that does not have that accredited investor requirement is the equity crowdfunding or regular crowdfunding. And that's like, you know, Start Engine or, you know, Kickstarter, WeFunder, Republic. Those are all uh, equity crowdfunding companies that people can invest in. So that's one way they could get behind other women. If they are an accredited investor, and there's many women who qualify as that, that still don't do the angel investing or become limited partners in a venture capital firm, it's because they don't understand it. And so they do the tried and true stocks and bonds and real estate. But men do take advantage of the investing in startup companies or series A, series B companies that are scaling. They make a lot of money doing that. And that is something that you're right. A lot of women have been left behind. They need to get into that game and educate themselves. And now there's so many opportunities to educate themselves. They can join their local um, group, uh, angel group. They're in every city. Uh, there's entities out there that provide the education about it. And so they just need to Google that and find out how do I learn about becoming an angel investor or becoming a, a partner, a limited partner in venture capital. When they become a limited partner in venture capital, they don't have to know a lot. They just have to know that they believe and trust the general partners. Those are the people that pick and choose which companies they invest in. So they don't have to know about who to pick and choose. As an angel investor, they need to do their due diligence. But even the uh, angel investment groups have people that help vet those. And so where there is a learning process, you're not doing it on your own. You could be part of a village that does this on a regular basis and is knowledgeable about it. But they can make a, a lot of money investing in these startup companies. And so it is something worthwhile for those that are qualified to look into. You know, I'm a risk taker. So, 
you know, if somebody educates me on something and says, hey, I take all this knowledge and this is how I decide who we're investing in. I was like, I'm in. I really want to produce films, but I am on board with trying to learn about this investment world and uh, share it with others. And so if I'm going to be a filmmaker talking about it, I liked learning about it. And so the best way to learn is to do. And so it's been um, a learning process for me as well. I think everybody in that field is continually uh, learning and growing, but it is a fascinating world to learn about. And I think the best way to learn about it is to go to the groups and meet the people involved in it and learn about it from that way, as opposed to just reading about it or something like that. I think there's no better way than actually jumping in and meeting people and learning about it firsthand. If you had to look back and redo anything in your life, what would that be? I don't know. I think I've had an amazing journey. I continue to have an amazing journey. I have the most incredible wife I could have ever dreamed of. I have wonderful family and friends. Uh, I love what I do on a daily basis. The only thing left to do that I would say is really a focus of mine is to really have whatever I'm doing really help move that needle on more women getting funded and having more women, you know, say that this platform and these introductions help me build this business and create a product or service that is serving the world and making it a better place. No better reward than that. So, you know, my journey's not over. I'm just getting started. (laughs) So in your experience, are there certain kind of mindsets or approaches that we as women should adapt that would really help us get the most out of any situation and really succeed in whatever we want to do? You know, um, I often talk about uh, seven things I do on a daily basis that I think are helpful. And uh, let's see if I can remember all seven. But I think if you do these things, no matter what it is, your purpose and whatever you're trying to accomplish, I think you'll get there. It starts with like meditating in the morning, because I think that's a wonderful way to download what it is you're supposed to be doing. It also is a great time to download solutions that otherwise weren't present. A great way to start the day and do it before you pick up your phone so you don't get hijacked, as Brendan Bouchard would say. You know, I follow a lot of different thought leaders that I think have helped me along the way. I do believe in, you know, having, um, you know, a, a third party coach that sees things on a different perspective than you might to, to help you uh, grow your idea or your company. Uh, meditating. I think it's important to share your ideas with trusted confidants. I think it's so important to share them with other people that you think are championing your what you're doing because networking is key. I think it's about doing things for other people on a daily basis. You know, how can I help someone else to further whatever it is they're doing? You know, we all have different connections. We know why not share them? It's free and it's rewarding. You know, some of the other ones are like, I I write in a gratitude journal every night. I think it's really important to, to be grateful on a daily basis. And at the end of the day, if you do that gratitude journal, uh, you realize how many miracles happen on a daily basis. And sometimes we don't even take the time to really relish them. So if at the end of the day, you really think about what they were, and it could be as simple as just the joy of walking your dog or having talked to a good friend, but it might even be bigger, like you got some funding or something, you know, really miraculous like that. But 
capturing what that was on a daily basis. And then, you know, that's just that's just a few of the things I think it's important to do on a daily basis. Along the way, did you have any mentors or role models that really inspired you? I follow a lot of the thought leaders. Like I mentioned, Brenda Bouchard, uh, Andrea Quinn, uh, Marianne Williamson. I believe that, you know, there are people out there with really purposeful information and we should download it and implement it for sure. Cause everybody's put here on the planet for a purpose. And, you know, that's their purpose to share that information, to help us to do whatever our purpose is. So yeah, I definitely listen to other people that I respect the messages that they're putting out there for sure. Are there any mistakes you see across board that women make most of the time that you feel men don't make as much? And that's why we don't get the most of every situation. Definitely. And this I get from who I just mentioned, Andrea Quinn, and that is women tend to uh, not let themselves receive and they're not good about asking. And I think it's two things that women need to uh, work on that men are better at. And so allowing themselves to ask for what they need is really important. And then once they ask, allowing themselves to receive it. Uh, It sounds kind of simple, but it's really complicated. And it's something that we as women need to focus on for sure. So Catherine, in closing, any final comments for our listeners? You know, whatever that download is, follow it. You're meant to be doing it. It's important to live your passion. In fact, someone told me uh, just the other day, something I loved. Uh, They said their friend's father said, you know, happiness really boils down to three things. One, having somebody that you love. Two, doing something that you're passionate about every day. And three, is having something to look forward to. I love that advice. I feel like it's three things I have in my life on a daily basis. And I do think that that's what makes uh, life really rich. Catherine, you're so inspiring. (laughs) This was such a great conversation. Learned so much. And I'm really rooting for you and looking forward to this movie. And I will follow the links, uh, the YouTube and the podcast. So thank you so much for your time. And I'd really appreciate you being on our podcast. Thank you so much. So appreciate you having me on, Divya. It's a wonderful work that you're doing as well. And uh, kudos to you. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. Thank you.